world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag. We are Church Tech. It's time to level up. My name is Blessing. In this episode, I'm joined by Jono Hesp, who has extensive experience working with church management systems and database systems. And he shares the various principles, exercises, thoughts, ideas, tips, whatever you might call it, in how he navigated various churches from not having any database systems or church management system of any kind to implementing that. I think you'll find this invaluable. And one of the things that I, I love about the experience that you've had is is uh, when you kind of journeyed through the churches, through the different organizations that you worked in, and you got to a point of saying, wait a minute, um, I think we actually need to use data. What made you go down that route? I wanted to be more effective, I think is probably the sort of big summary. I've been doing it a bit as a youth pastor as well, where I'd actually really started thinking about how do I how do I interact with these kids? How do I interact with their families? How do I, where do I store all of that information? And I needed to start finding ways to do that. Most of us default in that sort of situation to an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet or something like that, which was good as a starting place. But once your numbers start to get big and you're doing sort of journey as well, you know, you're actually journeying with someone, you're taking them from a, hey, we're in one place to moving to another place. And then um, with youth, that was really sort of looking at, well, I've got a new young person. How do I know their family? What is their dynamic? Uh, and then what is the journey that I'm going on with, with this young person? Um, and how do we how do we track that? How do we, you know, are there milestones? Are there generic things that I'm seeing? What trends am I seeing with the young people that are in my area, in my local geography? What are the things that they're struggling with? And so that was that was really interesting for me. And I think that's probably why I went down this pathway, because I'm curious about all of those sorts of bits and pieces. And then what leads to more effectiveness? How do we be more effective? And realizing that we really didn't have a database or it wasn't, we did, but it was really disjointed. Um, and so it was being used by some people, not by others. Others were using Excel and Google Sheets. Uh, when they left the organization, we were losing that data or it was just disappearing into all sorts of strange places. Um, and so you were sort of like, okay, you're coming back around to let's start again every single time with the church and having to really regrow that relationship. And it was like, I don't want to, I don't want that to be the case. I want us to be able to be way more effective at this. And that no matter what our start, what happens with our staff, that there's continuity with our relationship with the church and with the people in the church that we're talking to, no matter who the staff is, you want that continuing relationship. You want to understand where where there's going to be needs for pastoral care. You're going to want to have some history in there about what are the activities that have been done? What are the different? And that for me just points to having a good database. I like this thing that you mentioned. I think everybody can identify with that in one way or another. Uh, well, everyone who's who's on staff in church or fairly involved in, in, in the life of their church is how everybody has their own set of information. Everyone knows something. And usually it's tied together as well, right? So you've got, you know, they're dealing with the, like, like maybe the pastor's dealing with the adults of the family and you're dealing with the kids of the family. Well, then, but actually that data together is so important. 
So as you say that, I'm having flashbacks of when I was on staff at, at the church, of when we thought, so it's summer at the time we're recording this in, or becoming summer in Canada and the North America and Europe and, you know, and um, there's it's always like this window to do something specific, right? And then we had a scenario where you have a family, let's say, of five children and they're spread right across <laughs> different activities. So then there's like a young adults camp and then there's a program for the kids. And now you have this family that's got like one car um, that's spread right across. If you're looking at data, it it, hel- it helps remind you that not everyone is the same. You actually get a full view. This is actually a family. So what do our activities look like? I'm also thinking of this where we didn't have data, where we kept running one particular event. And because the staff had fun at the event, we're like, oh, yeah, we should do it again. But when you look at the stats, the stats basically just say not many people at the church showed up. (laughs) So then it's useless, you know. Um, Otherwise, the staff can just plan a hangout. Yeah, and it's it's that thing of looking at the trends as well. So I think, you know, particularly when you start collecting data, you start sort of – there's maybe some stuff that you see immediately, but then it's you know two or three years into the process of this data that you're collecting, then you actually really start to see trends. Uh, I was just thinking as you were talking about, um, you know, I noticed that a lot of my teenage youth were not going away over summer, and summer is you know traditionally sort of everything shuts down in New Zealand. For us in the church in New Zealand, that was also when we shut down. You know, so it was it was a quiet time. It was a chance for us to plan the rest of the year and and for pastors to take a break after Christmas and New Year's and that sort of stuff. When I started looking at the data, I noticed that my young people weren't really going away. Maybe they were going away for a week, but otherwise they were around. So I just started running really casual events that were, hey, I'm going to be on the you know beach on Sunday or you know Sunday afternoon or whatever come and hang out um, if you want to. And it was amazing how many of them started just coming and hanging. They just, part of it, I think sometimes was they wanted to get away from their family or, you know, that like, uh, what else is there to do? Let's go and hang on the beach. I don't have any money, you know? So there was, there was those sorts of elements in there as well, but it was just like the, tr- the data showed me that actually these people were around and I could use that to then actually, do something and keep the you know discipleship and the relationship and the and the stuff going over summer. I've grown I've grown to love data. I don't think I would have ever said that, but it's but now I look at it as sort of like oh my gosh, how did we do this before this? You are the advantage of some leadership role or level, if I'm not mistaken. And so w- when you think about some of those instances where you've said you had to introduce some, you know, how do we manage? data and having to change uh, the way things have been done previously. Are you having any flashbacks? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, it's never easy, I think is the thing. I mean, I remember when when we made some of the changes, we had some resistance. The couple of churches that I've worked for or volunteered with, there is a lot of resistance to, oh, what, you mean I've got to change? I've got to enter data? I've got to do admin? I'm a people person. Why should I have to do this? You know, and you like, why well, actually this is going to help you be an even better people person. So I probably, one of the first things that I've learned about this is, is that you need to tell the story. Why are we doing this change? Uh, and, and having that, uh, having that sort of 
a very traditional sort of story feel to it where, you know, you pitch the problem and you work your way up to the climax where the solution is and then you show the outcomes of it. For churches and pastors, this is this is a lot of what we do every week um, is we're explaining these bits and pieces. Where, where, and it's the same when it comes to our systems as well. That actually, for me to sit down with a youth pastor and actually tell you the story of how it dramatically, what my problem was, and then how it dramatically changed after that, that sparks ideas. That sparks people to actually go, oh, so if I do this, this is what I can potentially see. We, we really had no idea initially about growth. And that was, that was something that I was like, we need to do better at this. And, but we had no idea what was reasonable to expect out of growth because, again, the data that we had was fairly circumstantial. Um, I, I know I can trust this. It's probably got a good margin of error. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was that idea of, okay, let's make sure that this is, this is right. So it probably took me two years of collecting data to get good data. And then I started really being able to see the trends and the and some reflections on that. So it was that idea of, you know, tell the story, pitch the time frame, um, and and really sort of then look at what can you start to get out of this and 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 where and then you sort of get into that stage where you, maybe you've got organizational goals or you've got um, things that you're trying to achieve in your church. Well then you're starting to have enough data that you can start to put you know, dashboards together or reports together and start to go, actually, am I achieving what I said I wanted to achieve? And that for me was just huge. But it all really started with, I've got to tell the story. I've got to start with, here's the problem, reaching that climax of solution. In there, there was a lot of sitting and talking to people of actually, how do you, you know, what, what information do you collect? Why do you collect it? Uh, what does this tell you? What are you going to do with this information? Um, so that actually then the system is designed well and you're actually starting to get buy-in as you're doing that process as well. So, yeah, that's probably probably the, that was a really big learning of actually I still have to tell a narrative about this um, to get people to buy in. Um, I want to circle back um, to, to, to this thing that you sort of skirted over. Listen, I'm pastoral. I'm a people person. Now you're asking me to sit down and do admin work. You know, so, so there's this, I'd like to call it a false dichotomy. I'm a people person, so it's impossible for me to do anything that might require me to do some level of data or whatever it is. How, how, how did you navigate that? It's that fun thing of what data do you start collecting? One of the things that I did with my youth group was I started tracking any activity that I was doing with these young people so that I just had that idea of, okay, this is what I've done. This is the conversation that we had. So then I'd meet 25 other young people and then I'd come back around to that person to meet again. And I have the conversation thread already about what we talked about last time. So it's not like I'm picking up the conversation again from scratch. It's much more that I'm that it, that it becomes a continuing flow. And so for me, I would describe myself as a people person, even though I've ended up in a very data role, that actually what I love is the interacting with people. This gave me that possibility because then I'm 
the the small amount of admin that I had to do of writing in what had we talked about, uh, what were the sort of outcomes, what were, and I would usually try and include a, you know, what should I think I should do next? Um, that's a hard sentence to say, what should I think I should do next? Um, you know, to try and give myself an idea about the next time I came around to this young person or adult or whoever I was dealing with, what should I talk about? Uh, where is the, you know, where is the leave off of the conversation that we had previously that I can just pick up and we can go on from there? The youth pastor has a spreadsheet uh, on his computer, or maybe it's even sitting in Google Drive, right? In the churches I've worked in, like I've never been in a church where the church secretary <laughs> or reception person, because I've worked mostly in like smaller, small, medium churches uh in some countries my church would be large but but in it doesn't matter but somehow that person um and you might even know that person the person who knows just about everyone in the church who knows what everyone is doing and what's happening that role they've is got the photographic memory you know they've, they've got, got the, yeah yeah yeah, they've got and the new phone numbers written in the notebook as well. Exactly, they've got their they've got this notebook that they have on their desk. There's and and it's usually like a hardcover notebook, like or moleskin, and they've got like I mean, there's a lot of information sitting there because everyone has a different part of the puzzle, right? Um, so in terms of moving beyond that, where do you start? How do you then say, okay, cool, we're now building a database? proper bring our data together in our church management system like where, where do you kind of start that's a really good question i do think you probably you probably start with a collective brain and what i mean by that is you know you're coming together and you're whiteboarding stuff and you're thinking about well what data do we want to collect who and then there's also that element of who should have access to what data um and and particularly in churches I think actually we need to be pretty careful about this stuff, um, about who has access to what, um, what sort of phone numbers we want to, you know, should the senior pastor be able to access uh, the a youth's mobile phone number if they don't have a relationship? I don't know. It's a, For me, it's a really interesting question that I think actually churches need to struggle with um, and discuss. So I think there's an element of designing that and then thinking about what data do you want to collect? Um, and, and then you're probably looking for a way to do that well. Um, that can be in a small church, an Excel spreadsheet or a, or a Google sheet or something like that. But once you start to get sort of over that 100 number, you're starting to, you're starting to actually really think about well, we need some decent systems in here. And the bigger you get, the bigger your systems need to be. And then the, it almost gets to that stage, you know, you should be getting to that stage when you're getting probably towards that maybe 1,000, 500 to 1,000 mark. You're starting to actually, you're going to need someone part-time who's just managing your system. And then once you're starting to get above that, I would be really conscious of having someone that's, really sort of, you know, constantly has that voice in the organization that's like, hey, we need to make sure that we're entering our data. We need to make sure that we're entering. And because one of the things that that does, and particularly when you're tracking, you know, how the relationship's going or, you know, what's happening, yeah, what's happening relationally, then 
me knowing as the youth pastor and you being the senior church leader, you might interact with them about something. And then I come to interact with them when they're at, at something else. If that data is within a system that we can both access, then that means that what you've done, I then know about. And that's huge for me because I didn't have the conversation. I didn't, I don't, you know, I don't know their concerns. And if I'm coming with something that's going to trigger something for them, then that's a, that's like a red warning flag, basically. <laughs> and so it just, it's that place of, okay, so, when you're starting, you're thinking about what data do you want to collect? You're thinking about what's, you know, then that becomes what system should we use? I always subscribe to the keep it simple, you know, start with simplicity first, but be ready to change because it's it's one of those things that's going to grow as you grow, as your youth group grows. I mean, by the time when I started my sort of last significant youth group, I think we had four or five kids by the time I finished that youth group and moved on to my next job I think we were around 50 50 or 60 kids that were regularly coming and it was that for me that system had to change uh, as I went along to to really sort of handle the growth that was happening because then I'm not only talking about each individual child I'm also interested in their families some who come to church some who don't come to church uh, what are the, then the relationships that I have with those how do I structure them who else needs this information how do I protect myself you know you start to it's like a little rabbit warren of all sorts of fun little things that you can be asking particularly as you get bigger and bigger and there's more data so I'm not sure I've actually answered your question <laughs> there blessing but it's the it's that idea of you know you want to start simply. I think there's really that idea of collectively coming together as a team, that actually all of your elements are coming together and we're talking about how what information do we need to know for sure and then what are like bonuses. And then going on from there. It's- One of the lessons that I've actually learned, I learned from you, in, in particularly when I was talking to people around the area of data and managing data, was asking this question, what data are you actually collecting right now? And then people would be like, I'm not collecting data. And then you're like, well, do you have their phone number? Oh, yes, uh, that's data. <laughs> do you have their email? Yes, I do have their email. Well, the last few messages that you had, what did you talk about? And, oh, no, they were just telling me how, you know, the, about their journey to recovery from a, a surgical procedure they had. And I'm like, well, that is data and and it matters. And in some instances, I've also, I, I, I spoke to, I actually managed to speak to quite a few church leaders uh, during this COVID time. And last year, they had no idea how they were going to contact people because they never had a database. They didn't know which of their people needed special care or special help. And if you don't know who the elderly people are in your church and know where they are, where they live, and how do you how are you even going to check on them when there's need in a crisis? Well, some of the churches I've engaged with don't didn't realize that that information that different people in the church hold is is important and how it relates and potentially could impact how we can how we do community. Some people say, well, you, you know, I was in hospital and nobody, nobody from the church came to visit me. I sent a message into the church uh, email. No one followed up. 
on a problem that I had. And that's because there's no system. So if there was a system, then you would know that the data that's collected or that comes in from the email and then within your church management system or your database system, you're actually able to tag and say, hey, Jono, um, please reach out to um, John because you know he needs help with. And the system can remind Jono, Jono, have you done this? Jono, have you done this? Until you tick it off, right? And say, yes, it's been done. We're limited in our capacity to remember stuff. And if I do something and you're not aware you could either do the same thing or you end up undoing something that I might have done, you know. So. And particularly as your team gets bigger, like as your staff team gets bigger, you know, you add one staff member, you add a huge level of complexity because suddenly that person can deal with, you know, 100, 150 families uh, within your church. That's, you know, and then the interactions that they have, you know, if you've got two staff members, three staff members, then you're starting to really look at some really interesting interactions. And if that data is not being collected, then that starts to that starts to be really interesting it, because it does become exactly what you're talking about. You can talk over the top of each other. You can, you know, you might be saying, one person might be saying one thing, another person is saying another thing. Eventually you end up falling down because of that. Or there are holes or people stop using systems because it's like, well, nobody else uses it. And it's sort of like, well, actually, if we get everybody engaged in that stuff, then you just start to see it just flows. And I think, you know, we talked about the bad side of this as well, but I think the positive is really important as well, that you're thinking about, okay, so what celebrations do we need to have this week? You know, what what are events that are happening in people's lives that are significant that, again, are part of that sort of church's community element that actually, you know, so important that 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 unification as we come together that we love each other and we care for each other i know this might feel a bit like oh well it's in the database we can do it that that stuff for people is just it just resonates that someone you might not do it in a big show up the front but that actually someone on the staff team comes up and says hey man uh i know this week you know it was your graduation uh congratulations uh i know this week it was your wedding anniversary hey, we just want to love on you. And you might do it quietly, uh, that is, you know, or, or it might be loud from up the front. That's fine. But it's actually, it's that element of taking those bits of data, which they are, having them in one place, being able to, being able to have everybody on your team access them, then build that community because of it. The question is, do you enjoy the Church Mag podcast? We hope you do. Send us an email, podcast at churchmag, and tell us what you love about the Church Mag podcast. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We love them. The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Oh my word, did you hear the train? No, I didn't. (laughs) Okay, great.